Thank you, Pastor Ricky and worship team for leading us in that time of praise. Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 1 in just a moment as you're turning to Luke chapter 2. I'd like for you just to consider what this passage really is all about. In Luke 2, we see God manifest his love towards us by sending his only son, Jesus, as a baby, born really in the, in the, the humblest of circumstances. If you really take the time to think about the picture and the story of Jesus' birth, it's amazing to consider what Jesus did, what Jesus took upon himself. How Jesus, being God incarnate, as Pastor Jamie shared with us last week, Jesus being God in the flesh, the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, this Jesus, the Christ child, humbling himself to the point that he would be willing to lay aside what he was deserving of, not becoming less God, still fully God, and yet at the same time fully man. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one deserving of all praise, the one who had the right to come and reign supreme at the moment that he entered into this world, became a baby, born in a food trough for animals, born and placed into a a manger. We oftentimes think of the manger scene being this nice barn. If you grew up in the, in the south of the United States, well, it's really more like a cave. Been to the traditional site. Think, think a cave. Think cold. Think damp. Think, think difficult, hard. There's where the Christ child found himself. As we reflect on this Christmas story, Really, what we should be, we should be compelled to praise God and to proclaim His peace with all that we come in contact with. When, when we think about Christmas, our only response should simply be to praise Him for all of His goodness and then to proclaim His good news to all people. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to ask if you will, especially on this Christmas morning, stand in honor of reading God's Word. No, it's not Christmas Day, but it's Christmas Sunday. Luke chapter 2, begin reading in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, 
the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Would you pray with me? Gracious, loving God, I ask that as we dig into your word this morning, that you would simply remind us, you would remind us of your goodness. You would remind us of your favor. You would remind us of your unconditional love. Lord, you would remind us of the gift of salvation that you brought on that first Christmas morning. Lord, I pray that that would result in our simply praising you and all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do, that, Lord, we would surrender our lives fully to you. Lord, I ask that if there's anyone here this morning who's never trusted in Jesus Christ, who's never placed their faith in him, Lord, I ask through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would move in this place this morning and that you would bring the gift of salvation again. Lord, those who are lost might hear the truth of the gospel, place their faith in Christ and be saved. Lord, we'll give you praise. Lord, I ask that as your people, that as we go from this place, Lord, throughout this week, and Lord, just through the remainder of our days, every day of our life, that Lord, we might focus in on how we can proclaim the peace, the peace that you offer through Christ. Lord, that we might be able each and every day to proclaim that peace so that all might hear the good news of the gospel. Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. As amazing as really this entire passage is, I want to give give attention this morning to, to the song, to the chorus of this of this angel praise team. I I want us to really focus in on just two verses this morning in in Luke chapter 2, really just verses 13 and 14, where where we see an amazing scene unfold. You, You do understand that these angels, who had been in the presence of God since the very moment that they were created, these angels who were created for one purpose, and that was simply to forever praise God. These angels who were created for the purpose of praise and had always been in the presence of Almighty God now found themselves in a little place called Bethlehem, looking down at a little child that was born again into the humblest of circumstances placed into a shepherd that was in, into a shelter that was made for animals these angels who had been the presence of god for all of their creation is praising this child lying in a manger what 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 is going on here what what is what what is the truth that we see why why would these angels who've been in the presence of God forever and ever, why would they now praise this baby who was born less than a pauper? What is it that we see in Luke chapter 2? Really, I believe there's two truths that we need to focus in on this morning. 
as believers, and we think about the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, we, we're reminded of two simple truths. The first one is this, that you and I, we're simply called to, hear me, to praise God. In, in our lives and in the Christmas story, and what, what the story is all about is just a reminder that you and I are also created for the purpose of praise. That you and I have, have one objective, have one goal in this life, that's to praise God with all of our being. Here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13 and 14, we see what, what really what praise of God looks like. What true praise of God is all about. We, we see what, what really it's, it, it, it's, it, it was made to be from the very beginning. Note, notice here that true praise begins with recognizing God for who he is and what he's done. The angels, they give glory to God because... Because he sent his son, the eternal, all-powerful, almighty God himself. God the Father sent his son who became the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, according to Paul in Philippians chapter 2. Understanding who Jesus is leads us, hear me church, it leads us to praise almighty God, our loving Father. The purpose of the Christmas story, the, the reason that we, that we paused this morning to, to think about the story again, it's, it's to direct our attention towards Almighty God and to give Him praise. The scriptures are filled with, with who God is and who Christ is. In order to us to truly praise Him, we must know Him. Here's my question to you this morning. How well do you know Him? How well do you know Almighty God? How well do you know Jesus, the Messiah? How well do you know the Christ child who's not still lying in a manger? The Christ child who became a man who lived a perfect life, yet who was nailed to a cross for your sins and for mine. How well do you know Jesus? The scriptures teach us who Christ is here in in the text, you'll see some verses on the screen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. One of those places where we begin to see the truth of who this Christ is. Matthew 1, 23 says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This Christ child, born in a manger, will be called Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 44 verse 6, he says this, this is what the Lord, the King of Israel and its Redeemer, the Lord of armies says, I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me. The God of the universe, the God of all creation clearly says, I am the first and the last, that there is no God but me. And then Jesus comes along, and, and we see another truth about who he is. In John's revelation of Christ as the Lamb of God, Revelation 1, verse 17 through 18 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. Now listen to what he says. I am the first and the last. Wait a minute. God said that. God the Father said that in Isaiah 44. What is Jesus saying here? 
Jesus says, I am God the Father. I am God. I am, I am a part of the, of the Trinity. I am the Godhead. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Last week, Pastor Jamie was reading in John chapter 1. We were again just a beautiful picture of who Christ is. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and verse 14. Look at the screen. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him. Not one thing was created that has been created. Jesus Christ, being the beginning and the last, the equal with the Father, was also the one who spoke the world into existence. Verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This Christ child, being the very word of God himself, being God in the flesh. In John chapter 14, verses 6 to 7, it tells us, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do not know him, and you have seen him. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Scriptures tell us there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. What name is that? Jesus. Finally, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. You say, why are we playing Bible drill this morning? Hear me. Come in here real close, church. Who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's God Almighty. He is God incarnate. He's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting father. He's prince of peace. Jesus Christ. Taking on flesh of men. Being fully God. Coming to this earth. To live a very humble and lowly life. The, the only way that we could possibly ever praise God in the way that he deserves is if we truly know him through his ultimate revelation. You see, all creation cries out that there is a God. There very well might be someone here this morning who says, you know what, I don't know a whole lot about this Christianity thing, but I will say, I mean, you just look at the world and, and, and it's just, there's, it's hard to deny that there's not some, there's some greater being. There are people all over this world who worship false gods because they know that creation cries out that there at least is a God. 
Very many people believe that there is something there that's an, that's an eternal power. Maybe you're here this morning because you're visiting family for Christmas. You don't fully understand this Christmas thing, but, but you realize that there's, that there's something there, that, that there's, this, there's got to be an eternal power. and You're here because your family invited you. Hear me. For you, it's impossible to fully praise that eternal God unless you know this. His very specific revelation. All creation cries out that there is a God, but there's only one truth to the scriptures of, of, of who God is. It's, it's his revealed love through, through Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. It's impossible for us to, to truly know God and to truly praise God without knowing the Savior sent by God. Come back to Luke chapter 2. All these scriptures that we've been seeing point us really back to Luke chapter 2, right here in verse 11, where this first angel comes and, and appears to these shepherds. And a lot of times when we think about Luke chapter 2, we think about the shepherds. Sometimes try to make the story about the shepherds. Yeah, it's pretty incredible that God chose shepherds, the lowliest of the low, again, to to reveal the good news of the gospel. But, but hear me, that's just proving the point. It's not about the shepherds. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's God sending his eternal son into the world for all the world, the lowly and the high, the, the praised, the esteemed, the not so much. We come back here and and in verse 11, it says, Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. This word for Savior, he's, he's the Redeemer. He's the Deliverer. Again, this angel who's been in the presence of God since it was created, now looking down at this child and speaking to the shepherd, says, look, you've got to understand that today in the city of David, a Savior, a Redeemer, a Deliverer has been born for you seeing Jesus for who he is. He's the Savior. Not that he goes on to say that he's the Messiah, literally. He's the anointed one. He's the Christ. He's the promised coming Savior of the world. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. Finally, the angel says that he's the Lord. He's the master. He's the owner. Up until this point in Scripture, this verse, this word for, for Lord was only used for God himself. The angel, understanding exactly who Christ was. He's Savior. He's Messiah. He is the Lord. He is the master and owner of all things. He is God. Do you know him? Do you know him? Can, can, you, can you possibly praise him today? I guess the better question is, do you praise him? Do, do you praise him with all of your being? Do you praise him with all of your life? You say, well, what's the best way to praise him? Recognize who he is and give your life to him. Do you praise him with all that you think, all that you say, with all that you do? He's the master. He's the owner of all things. Do you praise him with all of your being? Christmas story is all about. 
Understand that this, ama- this, this announcement is absolutely amazing. Why? Because, because God didn't send his son to earth seeking the praise of angels. You get that, right? I mean, he could have just left Jesus in heaven and he'd been continued to be praised. That was the purpose of the angel's existence in the first place. God did not send his son to the earth just to seek the praises of the angels. God sent his son to earth to seek the praises of us, of you, and of me. Are you praising him? Are you surrendering your life to him? Are you you giving him your all? Understand this morning, church, what's the Christmas story all about? We see here in the praises of the angels that that's the very first purpose that that you and i were called to praise him with all of our being the second truth is this not only we created for the purpose of praising him but but really we're we're brought into the story to be the second truth to proclaim his peace on earth we're we're called to praise him secondly we're called to proclaim his peace on earth look at verse 14 it says glory to god in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Now, some of you probably memorized this very early on in life. I still quote it just because this is what I first learned. The King James Version. Listen to what it says. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Goodwill toward men. It's a beautiful, poetic translation. But can I say this? That, it's, um, that I think it actually kind of misses the point here. No shot at the KJV, right? Still a beautiful, wonderful translation. And and it is is a a very viable understanding of what the Scriptures teach. But but I really believe that the, the Christian Standard Bible is a very good translation here because it really helps us to focus in on what the truth is. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. What's the difference? What is going on here? Understand, this this peace to be found on earth was not a promise of universal peace. Because, if anything, we've seen less peace in this world since this announcement was made, right? There's not universal peace here in this earth. If that's the promise here, then, then it's a promise that God hasn't kept. God forbid we say such a thing because our God is a promise keeper. Well, then what is this text teaching? What exactly is going on here? This peace, it's it's not talking about a universal peace, but it's a peace with God, hear me, through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the peace offered to the world. And his peace will only be experienced by those who trust him, who surrender their lives to him. The peace of Christ is offered for anyone and everyone, but the peace of Christ will only reign in the hearts of those who believe in him and trust in him. Romans 5 verse 1 tell us, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we come back to this passage in verse 14, we have got to understand that the people with whom God is pleased and those who, who have found God's undeserved favor and grace are, are, are the ones who've experienced salvation through Christ. 
And it is because we found this undeserved favor through Christ that, that we should continue to praise him. How? By, by proclaiming his peace to all the earth. As we praise him, we then turn that praise outwards for others to see and we proclaim him. Understanding that his peace is offered to anyone and everyone. But it will only be revealed and only be received by those who trust in Christ. So it's our part to proclaim that peace to all the world. It's exactly what happens in Luke chapter 2. We haven't read this part, but keep your hand there the first few verses. And look, look at verse 25. Begin reading in verse 25. See Simeon's prophetic praise here. Another beautiful hymn, another song that is sung. Kind of see the theme of the past few Sundays Jamie and I have been sharing. Verse 25 says, There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before, excuse me, before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child to Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, listen to what he says, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Looking at the Christ child, Simeon, a Jew, says, My eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Now, this is important because, because we see here that Simeon was a, was, was a Jew. He was just a, an ordinary man, but, but he, was, he was a Jew. Simeon was, was one of those who, who the Scriptures teach us a little bit about him. We, we see that Jesus was able, or excuse me, that, that Simeon was able to recognize Jesus for who he really is, really because the Bible tells us that he was, he was righteous. He was a man, as the Scriptures would say, or someone who was righteous, was someone who was walking with the Lord. Simeon was a man who was known for his walking with the Lord. Verse 25 tells us that, that he was a man that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And as the Holy Spirit was upon him, it revealed to him, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, revealed to him exactly who Christ was, the promised Messiah. The amazing part of this story is that the Jews, they loved, they loved the promises of God that said that, that they would continue to be his nation and his people, and the Messiah would come through them. But, but they often missed the prophecies saying that that this Messiah would bring salvation to the entire world. An example would be Isaiah 49, verse 6, a, a passage that, that the Israelites knew and, and heard and, and, had and had seen many times before, yet they kind of missed the point. Isaiah 49, verse 6 says, He says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore, restore the preserved ones of Israel. Listen to what he says. I will also make you a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. You see, God chose his people, the Israelites, to be a light to the nations. Many of them missed the whole point of why God chose them in the first place. 
They were waiting for their Messiah to come, robed in purple garments, riding on a white horse, to restore their kingdom and authority immediately. And it would just be the good old Israelites. When all along God said, I'm choosing you to be my people, the least, the most insignificant, so that you can share the good news of who I am to all the world, that you would be a light among the nations. Simeon is one of those few who got it. He remembered why God chose his people in the first place, to, to be a, a witness to God's glory. We see there a beautiful passage in verse 31. It says, you've prepared it in the presence of all peoples, right? This salvation that you bring to everyone, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Hear me, you say, what is, what is this all about? Understanding who Jesus is leads us to praise him as, as almighty, eternal, everlasting, loving God the Father. When, when we understand who Christ is, it, it leads us to do one thing. To praise God with, with all of our being. We remember who the Christ is. That understanding then leads us to proclaim his peace, his, his salvation on earth to all the nations, understanding that the peace of God will only come to those, though, who place their faith in him. As we enter into this next week, as we prepare for Christmas morning in just a few days, my prayer for you, First Baptist, is that, is that we'll just hit the pause button for a moment. As busy and as hectic as Christmas can be, with all the traveling, with, with the families, with the friends, with the presents, with the gifts, and I, my, my prayer for you is that you'll hit the pause button long enough to really think about what Christmas is all about. That you'll be reminded of who Christ is and what he's done for you. Again, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you cannot experience the peace of God. You will never experience the peace of God without recognizing who Christ is. We live in a day and age where many people in this world are absolutely okay with Christmas. They're fine with Christmas to some degree, right? As long as it's about watching elves dancing on TV, as long as it's about giving a present here or there. The world's okay with Christmas. As long as we, as we keep our attention on, on what Christmas is all about. But the moment that we start speaking the truth of what Christmas really is about, the moment we start talking about Jesus, the moment we start reminding the world that Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, not because of who they are, not because of what they believe. No one comes to the Father but through me. When the people of God begin to proclaim the truth of the Christmas story, that's when the world gets a little undone. My fear is that a lot of Christians have bought into that. We just go along with emotions. We celebrate Christmas like everybody else around us. And it's almost as if we're, as we're fearful to remind the, the world of what the truth is. If you're here this morning, hear me. You will never experience the peace of God without placing your faith 
in God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't leave here this morning without making that right. For the rest of us, you say, well, man, pastor, we, we've been reminded of this story many times. Why, why are we doing it again? Because if we're really offering God all of our praise, if we're really turning our lives over to him, if we're truly taking a moment to understand who Christ is and praise God for him, then listen to me, it will always lead us to proclaim his peace to all the earth. Can I put it this way? You say you're excited about celebrating the Christmas story. When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? When's the last time you opened your mouth and you told someone who was lost about the saving grace found only in Christ Jesus our Lord? Because if we as a people, if we're not doing that, then we're not celebrating Christmas. We've bought into the world system. Because Christmas is about proclaiming, praising God, and proclaiming the peace of God found only in Christ. Will you commit with me this week to share the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe you got someone coming to your house, family member, who's heard the story, who's pleasant to be around, who's just a good person, right? But, but they don't believe in Jesus. They don't trust in him. Maybe God's going to give you an opportunity to proclaim his peace so that that brother, that sister, that aunt, that uncle, that cousin, whoever it is, that that person might seek Christ for who he is. Praise God by trusting in Christ and continue to offer that peace for all to hear. Would you pray with me? Gracious, loving Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the opportunity that we have as your people just to be reminded of who you are. Lord, I pray right now, if there's anyone here this morning who's never trusted in you, Lord, I pray that they would hear the truth of the gospel, that, that Lord, even though we're undeserving of your forgiveness, that you, Holy Father, proved your love towards us in this, that while we were yet sinners, you sent Christ to this earth, not just to be born of a virgin, not just to live a perfect life, not, not just to be nailed to a cross, not just to be placed into a tomb, not just to be raised from the dead three days later. Lord, you sent your son Jesus to do all of that. He's no longer a baby in a manger. He's not still nailed to the cross. And praise God, he's, his body is not in the tomb. Lord, you sent your son, Jesus, to be sacrificed for each one of us in this room. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who's never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord, that today, this day, would be the day that they surrender their life to you. That they would recognize who you are, Holy Father, placing their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation. Lord, I pray that as your believers, as the church, that, Lord, we would just be encouraged. That, Lord, this, over this week, 
that Lord, as, as I, I admit, as, as oftentimes Christmas is so busy and hectic, that Lord, each one of us will just, will just pause for a moment and give you the praise that you're deserving of. But Lord, then as we praise you, we would be like the angels. We would be like Simeon who proclaimed the good news of the gospel. We proclaim it from the mountaintops. That, Lord, we would proclaim the truth that salvation is free. It's offered to anyone and everyone, but it will only cover those. The peace of God will only cover those who place their faith in Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that peace. We thank you for that salvation. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. May we as your people be heralds. May we as your people sing your praises like the angels. May we as your people be faithful just to tell someone else the good news of the gospel. Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for Easter. We thank you for the full story of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord. Today, Lord, we surrender our lives to you fully and completely. Help us to be faithful. Lord, use our lives for your glory. Even now as we part and go our separate ways. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord.